pros at this. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And today we are talking about Dead Poets Society and School of Rock. But first, let's catch up. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What are um, you into? Yeah, I'll go first because I only have two things because that's just where I'm at. You move. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading this book called Monogamy, Monogamy by Sue Miller, and I'm only like 25% into it, but I've been liking it so far. It's about a couple who um, they've been together for like 30 years and the man dies and then the woman realizes that he was cheating on her. And um, it was recommended from the NPR book concierge uh, thing. I like went on there and I looked up like all romance adjacent books and like downloaded a bunch of them. Um, So I... Um, I think Sue Miller has been doing a good job of like getting into these people's heads. And Mm -hmm. I also just think reading about a long-term relationship Mm. and its flaws is very interesting. So I have been enjoying that. I'm interested in the book though. (laughs) The guy hasn't died yet, but I know he will. So I'm just, like, on edge waiting for that to happen. Because it's, like, I don't know. I'm, like, 25% through, and he still hasn't died. So I yeah. – but that's, like, in the description of the book, so I know it's going to happen. Um, anyway, I've been enjoying that. And mm-hmm. then the second thing I'm into, uh, this would have been great for, like, spooky season mm-hmm. to shout out. But I watched the new Netflix movie, There's Someone Inside Your House, which is, like, a teen slasher movie. Ooh. Um, that I sort of just threw on, like, expecting it to be silly, and yeah. it it definitely was, <laughs> but the, the premise is, like, the killer goes around, um, killing people and exposing their secrets in this, like, high school small town, and I really liked the cast. I couldn't name any of them, but I liked all of them. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it, I mean, I haven't really thought about it since I watched it, but I remember while watching it, I was like, this is like super fun. There was like a cute, really cute romance aspect that of course, like, you know, I ate up and I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll, I'll shout this out on the podcast because it, it was like a really, I thought it was like a really fun slasher. Um, and like I said, the added romance element was uh hit uh hitting some buttons so that's my second thing cute i love that and that book sounds good i just added it to my goodreads oh sweet yeah um i'm reading a book right now called the great offshore grounds by vanessa veselka which i've been enjoying um i read just quickly on goodreads that roxanne gay reviewed it just like a one-liner and said that there's so few books that really get at what poverty is like um Mm. but this book did a really uh does a really good job. It's about three different siblings, um, Essex, uh, Cheyenne and Livy. I was trying to combine in my brain the name Cheyenne and Livy into one name. And I was like, is one of them named Chivy? There's no way that's real. (laughs) And the two sisters are born to two different mothers with the same father. Um, their mothers as young women made a pact to both like have 
these kids at the same time. They lived like on a hippie commune and then mm-hmm. one of them would raise them uh, and the other would go off and the girls would never know which one was their mother, but Whoa. be raised together. And so it's about the the two sisters as adult women trying to figure out, like uh, trying to track down the other mother. Um, and it's really good. And it gets into like the details of both of their lives um, as they try to make ends meet basically while also mm-hmm. on this epic quest to find their um, other mom. And then I've been listening to the new Hand Habits album, which is the moniker of Meg Duffy, I think is their name. Um, and it's good fall music. Been listening mm-hmm. to it at my desk. Um, really pretty with some very nice, delicate melodies. Liking it a lot. And then the main thing I'm into is the TV show Made, which I have been like morseling out, parceling out, morseling. Uh, <laughs> it's like a George Bushism I just came up with. Um, <laughs> parceling that out episode by episode. So I'm still not done with it. I think I'm on episode seven. Um, it's an adaptation of a book, uh, a memoir about this young woman who is, becomes a single mom, um, and basically lives in poverty and becomes a maid to, uh, support her and her daughter. Um, the TV show adaptation stars Margaret Qualley and Margaret Qualley's mom, whose name I'm forgetting right now, plays her actual mom, plays her mom, her actual mom plays her mom. Um, and it's really good. What, something that I've really been enjoying about it is I think it, really understands um like cycles of abuse and in it um the boy from love simon nick robinson maybe is his name um <laughs> plays margaret qualley's um like the father of her child and her abusive boyfriend who's like emotionally abusive to her um but something i really like about the show is there's like moments and whole arcs where the boyfriend like gets his shit together and you like see like how she loves him or like good things about him that would keep her there with him. Um, and also you see him make like a real effort to like get sober and to like do better by Margaret Qualley and their daughter before kind of like relapsing. And also like, like they also make a point to basically also show how his parents failed him and how that contributed to his, you know, um, addiction and, um, you know, like, abuse of Margaret Qualley. So I've, mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying that. And also the dad from Twilight is in it, whose name I can't remember either, but he plays Margaret Qualley's dad and he's great in it. Um, oh, wow. It's Charlie just a good Swan. Show. Charlie Swan, that guy, that actor is in it. Um, <laughs> uh, in a similar type of role to Nick Robinson. Um, I've just really been enjoying it. It's just one of those, you really like care about all the characters and this book and all, I mean this show and also the great offshore grounds um, confirmed to me that I really like, uh, reading and watching people work for some reason. That's like, I fucking love that. I don't know why I really enjoy that. Like watching her clean. I like, I read, Mm. you know, um, a book over the summer about a waitress and I loved like reading the descriptions of her like on the job. I don't know what that is, but I like it. I don't like like working, but I like reading about other people working. Um, so that's what I'm into this week. And now we're about to jump and jive into, uh, two movies about a man making the difference a difference in the life of his students. Yes, <laughs> at um, prep school. I could read this cool. one. Uh, so the first movie we're talking about is Dead Poets Society from 1989. 
The boys of Welton Academy are expected to be excellent students and model young men, and this means strictly adhering to the rules and examples of their fathers and teachers. This all changes when a new English teacher, Mr. Keating, begins to teach the boys about poetry under Mr. Keating's guidance. Neil, Charlie, and Todd learn to carpe that DM. Oh my god, is the one boy named Todd? Yeah. Okay, cool. I wrote that, and I was like, I'm 80% sure... Ethan Hawke is named Todd, but yes, who's to say really? Um. Yeah, <laughs> I this so I watched this movie like a month ago before I knew oh, we yeah. were gonna do it, and then I just watched it again. So I feel I probably have like Too I have much a better grasp on the names. <laughs> of all yeah, the boys that it's a lot so of, similar. They do all look very similar, and they're all like three of them are actors you would recognize from like TV shows of, mm. and also Ethan Hawke, you know, right. um, yes. <laughs> as so sweet, I think in one of his first film roles. Yeah. Um, and Robin Williams, of course. And this mm-hmm. movie was directed by Peter Weir, who also did Picnic at Hanging Rock, which is such a mm-hmm. weirder movie than this is. This is like mm-hmm. very Oscar Beatty, sentimental. Uh, yeah. Vi- yeah. What do you I think? I feel like... Um, I definitely, this movie actually, I might like push back on that a little bit. Mm. I definitely think it's Oscar Beatty, like for yeah. sure. But I think that the way it's filmed is really interesting. And I think it has a lot of like interesting, mm-hmm. almost horror like moments. Like it's really spooky. Like there are a lot of shots mm-hmm. of like the hallways of the school where like the shadows are like, just like it's kind of scary and the music too is like pretty eerie and Mm. like there's scenes of them like hooded and running through the woods and it's foggy and it's very like otherworldly and i can see like it wasn't surprised i mean i've never seen picnic at hanging rock but i know Mm. that it's weird and i know that Mm -hmm. it is like baby spooky i don't know uh yeah so i was like this to me seems like it does have like horror Mm -hmm. elements to it Mm -hmm. honestly um and the cave is super scary i think that's Um, interesting and i think that like the i like the sort of terrible moment of the movie where Mm. i guess i mean dead poet society is such an old movie but yeah. If you if don't you haven't know, seen it, it, does, yeah. it, the big theme of it is suicide, and obviously Robin Williams yeah. died from suicide as well. Um, but I think that that whole se- sequence where Neil um, dies is like is very like scary. Like yeah, I think it, 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 it the, just the way it's filmed, like. He's he is walking through hallway like a hallway. There's a lot of like playing with shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is really scary. Um, it, it does remind me almost like of a horror movie. The open window is very like yeah evocative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can now in my mind conjure what a Tumblr gift set comparing Picnic <laughs> and Hanging Rock and. Um, those images you were speaking yes. about of the boys in hoods, you know, like walking through yeah. the woods because the picnic and hanging rock, why the boys have a, a spooky cave, the girls have 
um, this like rock formation that they visit <laughs> and it's like oh, cool. haunted and one of them disappears. Uh, so kind of a like weird mirroring similarity too. Yeah. also that it would be a girl's school and a boy's school. Um, oh, maybe there's like a paper there about I, yeah, the different I wanna, traumas. I do, <laughs> I've like definitely been meaning to watch Picnic mm-hmm. at Hanging Rock. I just haven't gotten around to it, but yeah, I, I think until I, I watched this movie again more recently, like those moments didn't like hit me and i did have this idea of this movie being only oscar bait Mm -hmm. but i feel like those spooky moments really like struck me this time Mm -hmm. um upon rewatch i'm glad to hear you say that because that is like a perspective i hadn't really considered but now that you're mentioning it um is really apparent to me uh so the message of this movie or the one that kind of gets distilled very often um, is about kind of like living your one life by your own rules. Uh, And sorry, I want to almost like go back to you talking about spooky moments. A scene (laughs) that I did really like was when Robin Williams is showing the boys, the pictures of the older classes of students. Um, And like, you kind of have this intense focus on these like black and white faces. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and he's whisper, and uh, I think the carpe diem thing is stupid, and I think that this movie like definitely is just full of a lot of like meaningless platitudes. But I do think that when he is whispering, as they look yeah. at these like ghostly faces, when he's like whispering yeah. like carpe diem, yeah. like that's fucking creepy. Yeah, uh, and creepy and effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that that is the most effective he is, perhaps, or the most affecting in the movie to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I had seen this, I think maybe in high school, but didn't really remember it. And I kept waiting for Robin Williams performance to kind of do more for me. I think I was conflating it with his performance in Goodwill Hunting, which I find like Mm -hmm. really affecting and emotional, uh, to watch, but this, he never like really hit it that moment for me. Um, you know, like that same moment in Goodwill Hunting where he talks to Matt Damon and is like, it's not your fault. You were abused. Um, and maybe that's like a problem with the script that I had, but yeah. I definitely think, uh, I think you're right, especially um, in the context that we're watching this with School of yeah. Rock, which Jack Black, it, it, there's just like no comparison yeah. really to, I feel like, but this, I feel like um, uh, Mr. Keating is almost like, like, a like kindling for these mm. students or like he's not he's not like the central focus in yeah. the way that Jack mm-hmm. Black is totally. of School of Rock which yeah. I think is probably like a like it's a I mean I love Jack Black in School of Rock <laughs> and I think that's why the movie works so well yeah. but I think that in this movie I like that he takes like a back seat because I think that mm-hmm. I do feel like more uh like like I know the emotions of the students a little mm-hmm. bit more deeply and um yeah I was thinking to myself when a lot of the times when he was like giving a speech to the kids I was like how I was like did he rehearse like it's it, it's very like <laughs> I was trying to imagine being like a teacher and saying all of that and and how because it just like seems very unnatural yeah. and yeah. It, like a performance. Um, totally, totally. Um, I found 
this, I was surprised by how apolitical a lot of this movie was. Um, like we have mentioned, there's a lot of like platitudes that get thrown around by Mr. Keating, predominantly like carpe diem and like think for yeah. yourself. Um, but I, I thought there was like a really missed chance for this movie to kind of engage with like social movements that the boys perhaps could have been interested in, or that would be kind of like their radical, um, discovery. Uh, mm. they don't get into like the beat movement at all, which is weird. Cause the movie is set in the 19, the end of the 1950s. Um, and they also like, they kind of, I think the closest they get to is the one student, Charlie gets in trouble for writing an op-ed that girls should be allowed at the school. Mm-hmm. And that's like the closest they get to the boys kind of applying what they're learning from Mr. Keating, like this rebellious spirit to like stuff that actually matters. Um, so I was right. surprised by that because uh, where the movie goes with it is basically like that one kind of moment with Charlie, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like rebelling against the authorities at the school, which is really more about just like rebelling for rebelling's sake, which is even yeah. what Mr. Keating says to him than about like making a political point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like if you want to be a cynic, which I am going to be in this moment, uh, the movie kind of takes almost not, I don't think consciously but kind of like proves the point of the conservative parents they're like neil discovered art and poetry and it killed him like it was bad it made him kill himself you know because he was like if i can't have this i'm just gonna kill myself um yeah yeah i think that like a lot of the stuff doesn't age super well like I think Mm -hmm. like a lot of the lessons that the boys take away Mm -hmm. from um Mr. Keating don't age super well like I think that I think that um especially like Knox Overstreet's character which is like uh he is like super creepy to this girl I think a lot of the stuff with um uh Charlie yeah Charlie mm-hmm. um is weird like he's he's also weird about women and he has this weird like alter ego that I feel oh, like is there's some weird race stuff in this movie yeah sure. yeah I feel like that doesn't age well I think that if if to be uh, not cynical mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that what does uh age well is like boys caring for each other Mm. and being tender toward each other specifically neil and todd's relationship i think is very sweet um and i think that it's important it's an important like lesson and i'm Uh and it's an important like thing to see on screen definitely i also think that uh I also think that part of Mr. Keating, I think the biggest like takeaway, honestly, from Mr. Keating is to try and not be cynical mm-hmm. and to try and like be mm-hmm. and like I totally am like uh, like I'm such a fucking cynic. But I think um, like that caring is OK. Sure. And caring is like good to do. Like mm-hmm. there's one boy in his class who's always sort of like like. I don't care like Mm, he's like aloof he's in sarcastic he doesn't like do his homework because he's Mm -hmm. like I like he doesn't want to show that he like cares but Mm -hmm. um 
Mr. Keating, I don't think he like embarrasses him. He sort of is just like, you don't want to be like ordinary, like yeah. you want to care. And by the end, he is one of the boys that stands up on his desk. And I think that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's probably some like queer coding too mm-hmm. in this movie that I think, um, like, I, I feel like maybe if that was, like, flushed out a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think Neil's death might have had a bigger impact. Mm. Okay, definitely. Um, yeah. Because I think you're right in that it's it's sort of, like, it do, it's sort of hard to believe that the only reason this boy would, like, kill himself is mm-hmm. because he was going to be de- denied uh access to like art the uh, like art and like what he actually wanted to do. Yeah. Um and Even I if think there's more subtext there. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think if yeah. they're like obviously he was depressed. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I think that the like the queer reading is maybe something that wouldn't have been like given much time in the late 80s. That I think if this movie was made today, it might have had like a larger, mm-hmm. you know, part to play. Definitely, I guess. and it's hard also not to compare it to Picnic at Hanging Rock, which I think is very queer, um, and mm. was deli- like very much so on a lot of people's radars. Um, mm. Like seeing that film, um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I feel like there's some pretty overt um, queer stuff with the the girls in the movie. Um, but as you were saying, like the relationship with Neil and Todd is really pivotal and pivotal. And I think the most emotional scene for me to watch was the other boys arriving to tell Todd that Neil had died and seeing like their like tear stained faces, um, was, uh, really affecting. Um, do, do (laughs) I read this kind of funny article by a English professor, Kevin Detmar, um, entitled Dead Poet Society is a Terrible Defense of the Humanities, where he basically, like, to summarize his point, is he's basically saying that, like, Robin Williams is, like, a bad poetry teacher. And kind of to, like, speak to what you were saying earlier, Mackenzie, it's almost like he's not teaching them about poetry at all. Like, the poetry is, like, mm-hmm. secondary to him basically being, like, you should, like, live your own lives or whatever. Right. It's, like, the poetry yeah. is, like, a footnote to that. Uh, and you mm-hmm. don't come away from this movie learning much more about poetry Um, i wonder if there is a way though to like i wonder if there's a way to even do that in a movie like sure i i get i was watching it and i was like oh i just want to turn this off and go read poetry like Mm -hmm. uh which is just i mean that's funny It's, it's there's something about like watching people be motivated to do something where you're like i also want to do yeah, that yeah definitely even though i don't think i like obviously like you said i agree like you don't learn anything about poetry in the yeah movie. and i think also it's funny to talk about this on our podcast because i think we fall somewhere between mr keating's idea of how to engage with art which is basically to just like be like it's a like it's a vibe it's a feeling and then the <laughs> the textbook that's presented in the movie is like you have to um, evaluate a work of art critically and engage with it critically in order to like determine its worth. And I would say like, we're somewhere on that spectrum, you know, Um, where like, you know, like when you really enjoy a piece of media, you want to like, I I don't just want to think about it coldly and clinically, but I also do want to 
like be able to articulate why it is effective, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting to read kind of, you know, uh, like I totally understand actually the value of the textbook way, um, of engaging with art. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do think, I think you're right. I think that like the textbook was probably trying to give the reader like a rubric for Mm. thinking about poetry. And I think Mr. Keating was like, and articulate it. Like you said, Mm. like, I think like it might be hard to, I mean, like the textbook obviously gave like a literal equation to Mm -hmm. figure it out, which is just ridiculous. But I think having like some tools to, you know, talk Mm. about the thing is important. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, everybody in my English (laughs) class had to learn like a, glossary of terms to talk about poetry um yeah uh roger ebert did not like this movie he said dead poet society is a collection of pious platitudes masquerading as courageous stand in favor of something doing your own thing i think um and he also points out that they do not engage with the uh the beatnik moving movement at all Mm. did you get did you watch the snl skit i put in the notes oh no i didn't no well it's it's okay it's um fred armison it's almost the funny thing the thing i found most funny about it is that it is like a shot for shot beat for beat recreation of the last scene where like he comes in he says like i'm here to get my personals you know like Mm -hmm. the boys like can't open their books to the right page because they tore them out. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the part where all the boys stand on the desk, they all start standing on the desk. Uh, and Pete Davidson stands on the desk and is decapitated by the ceiling fan. And the scene ends. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I enjoyed it, especially having just seen the movie. Um, anything else we want to talk about for dead poet society, which is a cool name, honestly. That is a cool name. Yeah. Um, I think I'm good. Okay. I think we can do monster reviews. Yeah. The funny thing is that the people who write against conformism are the ones who become millionaires selling these silly ideas in movie theaters. Ooh, points were made. (laughs) The second one is, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Robin Williams is obnoxious in this one. The characters don't have much personality or development, and nothing ever really happens. And please, you don't learn a thing about poetry. Not even about anything. This movie is pointless. (laughs) So many parallels with School of Rock. Like, (laughs) a comedian at the center. Mm -hmm. Prep school. Okay. School of Rock. Wait, wait, wait. What what do you got to rate it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I think I liked it a bit less than you. Um, I'm going to rate it a five. Okay. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'm going to rate it a six because um, I like, I like I said, I think, you know, it's full. It like, it's very, if I think about it, like a, a lot, it's very annoying. <laughs> yeah. And I think I know that I know like a lot of, mm boys mm-hmm. like this where they're like i'm reading i yes yep exactly the person that you're <laughs> i was whispering of, yes. one <laughs> yeah i'll cut that out um, <laughs> um but if i think about it um in the way that it i like i really liked thinking about it sort of through the lens of a horror movie and i also liked thinking i like 
seeing men be tender with each other. Mm. I think that is just mm-hmm. like something very like rare to mm-hmm. see. And I think that it's important. Yeah. Totally. And I also think, frankly, I need to be less of a cynic. So <laughs> yeah, got to engage with some sentimental stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah cool. Uh, so we are on to the school of rock, which is from 2003. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, such a good movie. Dewey Finn is a down and out musician hoping to make it big in a rock and roll band. Pressed for cash, he masquerades as his roommate to make some money as a substitute teacher. He quickly discovers his new students are more than just moneyed preps. The fifth graders can sing, play piano, and rock out on guitar and drums. Dewey hatches a scheme that will take himself and the kids all the way to the Battle of the Bands. And this movie is directed by Richard Linklater, uh, who this is, I think, kind of like his first big commercial family-friendly movie after doing a bunch of like weird indies um, in Texas. Uh, (laughs) And also written by Mike White, which people will know from The White Lotus. Uh, and he oh, appears okay. as Ned Schneebly in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's so funny. Okay, it is. It is kind of funny. Uh, bisexual icon Mike White. Very rare. Oh wow. To know of out by men in Hollywood. I feel like. Yeah. Wow. But um, so this movie, this movie works because Jack Black is just like a charismatic. Uh, like planet that pulls in yes. people to his orbit, yes. <laughs> and that's like why true. it works. Like, yes, truly, like that one hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> I remember listening to my favorite murder once, and Karen said that she was at a party with Jack Black, and that he like was like the most charismatic person she had ever been in the room with. Um, yeah. which totally makes sense. He's thirty three in this. He's basically our Aww. age, which is so cute. Oh, yeah. And I put in the notes that I think. Jack Black does a better job at explaining why music is good and essential than Robin Williams does explaining why poetry matters. Uh. I would agree with that. I would agree. Because I think he does get like sort of political with it, which I mm-hmm. think is important. He does. And I think specifically of like two moments he has talking to the kids. One is with um, Lawrence, who is uh, played by an Asian American actor. And the other is with I have her name in the notes. Uh, Mariam Hassan, who plays Tamika. And he basically, the both kids come to him and are, are kind of like the argument they're, they're trying to make to him is like, I don't fit in to this. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. And Jack Black is like, yes, it actually is for you. Uh, yeah. Which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. I do think like, like I said, that, Jack Black like obviously we just said it like Jack Black is the center of this movie mm-hmm. and I appreciated in Dead Poets that Robin Williams like wasn't yeah um but I don't care yeah <laughs> and I also think like a lot of his motivations are initially very selfish mm-hmm. but it's he does like change you know yeah he does change this movie also is really lucky because it's a large cast of kids and the kids mm-hmm. are wonderfully cast and none of them are annoying. And I think they're all like delightful and so cute. And I can say yeah. that because I was their age when it came out. And now I'm like an adult looking back on it. I agree. Yeah, They're so cute. Um, you know, they range from like the, the punk bad boy drummer, you know, mm-hmm. the shy pianist, um, mm-hmm. you know, Miranda Cosgrove's character, who's this little uh, type A um, <laughs> teacher's pet. Uh, they're all just really, really good and delightful to mm-hmm. watch. And I remember seeing this when I was 10 and thinking 
Kevin Clark as Freddie was so cute, and I started a, a club, a fan club for him, with my friend Rosie. Oh, that's so cute, Bridget. Yeah, it is, yeah. Cute. And they're he very is cute. crushable. He's so cute. Yeah, and so is Zach, who was arrested in 2019 for oh, stealing shit. guitars out of um, like a guitar wow. score. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> sticking it to the man to this yeah. day. <laughs> Truly, and of the kids, also I. My friend knows Fancy Pants, that guy. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, they did theater together. He <laughs> went to school near me. Um, of the kids, only Miranda Cosgrove really broke out and continued to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girl who played Tamika, I think, is like a singer now. Um, oh, cool. And there's a delightful interview with her in Vulture where she talks about how wonderful it was to make this movie. And the set was just like, this great experience and Jack Black was just like a joy to work with. And like one of the kids, um, and something interesting I thought she said was that when she was cast, the character's name was Lori and she as like a 10, like a 11 year old or whatever was like, I don't think I'm a Lori. Like I think you should name this character Tamika. <laughs> so she was renamed oh Tamika, gosh. which is cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. I do think that like the most emotional I get in this movie is when he talks mm-hmm. to her about yeah. she's, she's self-conscious cause she's fat and doesn't, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't think I could sing like yeah. in front of all these people because I'm fat. And he's like, he, he like gives her this pep talk that is so you never wonderful. He's yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And it seems very like ahead of its time, mm-hmm. frankly. Yes. And, Something that would is even rare to see nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I fucking love that moment. Totally. Um, yeah. It's very affirming. Um, mm-hmm. It is very ahead of its time. And I think it's almost all, like people, Jack Black goes viral on Twitter every like a couple of months where people are like, Jack Black <laughs> is actually so sexy. And it's like, yeah, yeah. like it's just because he's <laughs> fat that people are like confused about that. Uh, you know, and uh, it's yeah. the point he's making too, is that like, you know, um, yeah, it's a it's a great scene. Um, mm-hmm. they, there's a similar um, strict father, like a yeah. Neil type of arc with yeah. Zach, the guitar player. Um, there's the humor is also just like really good. The frequency mm-hmm. everyone's on in this movie is really funny. Um, yeah, uh, Joan Cusack is really good as the principal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all the scenes where Jack Black is interacting with the other teachers. The mm-hmm. old band of his is like very cringy. Um, yeah. The snake, the guy who like hits on Joan Cusack at the end of the movie is like an uh-huh. alt-right politician now in Texas. Ew. Isn't that oh, so weird? Fuck, God damn it. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. So weird. Um, <laughs> this is definitely like the type of family movie where, because we saw it as kids, but I'm sure my parents also enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I remember not knowing what um, the word hungover meant. And in uh-huh. this movie, the exchange Jack Black has is he's like, I'm hungover. Do you kids know what that means? And Freddie is like, yeah, it means you're drunk. And Jack Black says, no, it means I was drunk yesterday. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a good explanation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what any of those words meant. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that, I'm trying to think of like a moment that didn't age well, mm-hmm. but I can't really think of one. I think like 
unlike Dead Poets, where I was like, this whole arc was terrible. Yeah. And um, you know, it it's it defies logic and realism, <laughs> but you don't care. You're just like, yeah, like, yeah, he would be arrested, but you're... you're right. Like, you're like, yeah. no. Because in this world... He kidnaps children. Fantasy. Yeah. And it works for that reason. Um, yeah. This movie... Like Dead Poet Society has had stage adaptations, which is kind of interesting. They both found their way onto the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, what of which of the songs they feature in this movie? The original songs do you think is the best? There's the Legend of the Rent, Step mm-hmm. Off, and then the School of Rock at the end. Um, I want to say School of Rock, but I think mm-hmm. Step Off. Yeah, Step Off is pretty good. <laughs> I think that I think I wish that like I think the the moments when they're in the classroom and yeah. and jamming out are like more impactful I guess because at the end I wanted it to be a little bit more like hardcore yeah and it didn't hit quite it didn't get quite as mm-hmm. hardcore. it wasn't quite as metal as yeah. I wanted it to be they were performing in front of a live audience um, which is oh kind of crazy. God. Yeah, like all they're those people. They're also talented if they're, they're all really so doing it. Yeah. Like, uh, it's so crazy. Well, they were all cast because they were musicians first. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. I, you know, and I played I played bass for a little bit after seeing this movie. I wanted to be like that's, the cool bassist. Cello. Hot, Cello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a really formative film to see. Um <laughs> I think it, it's very like Jack Black really it's like he's so talented and I almost wish I've never listened to Tenacious D mm-hmm. but maybe I should I saw the movie this, with him a couple months oh, really? ago yeah it was funny I just like or maybe I should just you know let this movie live mm-hmm. in a little bubble and not try and seek out more of that i don't know mm-hmm. i think this is like if if jack black was a movie it would be this yes this is his you know? this is and i think he's actually said like this was he knew this was like the peak of his career while filming you know like that wow. it was never going to get better than this um <laughs> as of recording there's been two recent uh viral moments on the internet where it's been announced that chris pratt is voicing um different characters you know mario and now garfield and it's like these roles obviously should be going to jack black garfield what chris pratt's like maybe not jack black but not chris pratt uh yeah so yeah i totally agree i sometimes when people lose like have dramatic body transformations they become evil like chris (laughs) pratt I think Giuseppe from the latest season of Great British Bake Off should voice Mario. Oh, wow. Yes, definitely. <laughs> no, don't know if he has acting experience, but come on. We need Italian pride. What would yeah. Tony Soprano would not be happy. Oh, man. Um, want to jump into one-star reviews or is there anything else we want to talk about? I think I'm good. Yeah, okay. let's do it. <laughs> the first one-star review is... The only thing more ridiculous than this story is the fact that Jack Black is a paid actor. Um, yeah. excuse me. He's so good in this. Uh, every little expression he makes to the kids is so funny. It's it's so funny. 
to piggyback off that, this person says, Black's overacting will probably be my abiding memory of this traumatic experience. But let's not forget the one-dimensional characters, paint-by-numbers plot, and endless flaws of logic. For a film about rock music, we literally see just one song. Not true. Not true. You see lots of songs. You hear lots of songs. It has a great soundtrack. And it takes over 90 minutes to get there, and Black's horrible character completely hogs the limelight, limelight from the kids anyway. So what was the point of all that? I just, when people write stuff like, there's there's one dimensional characters. It's like, yeah, this is like a, like, this is just, this isn't like a drama. It's not, you know, <laughs> Shakespeare. This is just a movie. And like, I think, yeah. I think he, he's wrong too. Yeah. Like I think, Jack Black learns. I think, yeah. yeah, I think Jack Black is not a one dimensional character. I think a lot of the kids have, yeah. you know, some depth to them. Yeah. So you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third one star review is this movie was so unrealistic. How many schools would let a fifth grade substitute teacher teach students rock and roll music instead of academics? Did they watch well, the movie? <laughs> yeah, they, they don't let him do it. <laughs> That's the point of the movie. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to rate this movie um, an eight because I honestly feel like in terms of recent comedies of the past 20 years, like there's very few others that I would be like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that anytime. Yeah, for sure. I'm right mm. with you. We're vibing. I'm going to yeah. rate it an eight, too. Because you're right, this movie is like, it's, it's like truly a classic. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a classic. And now I'm nostalgic for it because we were like their age uh, yeah. when it came out, which is really sweet. It is really sweet. Yeah. yeah. Rock got no reason. Rock got no rhyme. It's so good. Even that one's very good. It's very good. Like, all the songs are great. And just seeing people play instruments is fun. Yeah, it is. Oh, and the kids are kind of like wooden, even when they're performing at yeah. the end. All right, all right. Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grief Carlson for our music. Our next episode will air on November 22nd, and we will be watching sports films, Bend It Like Beckham, and A League of Their Own. You can follow Chick Flicks on Instagram and Twitter at Chick Flicks Pod and email us at Chick Flicks Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.